Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you in uh, the Lord's house today in this beautiful historic sanctuary that we have. If you're worshiping here with us, you are a sight for sore eyes. It's great to see you. If you're worshiping at home with us, I know that you're there. I can feel your, uh, your presence even across the miles, and we are glad that you're connected with us, whether it's in person or whether it's online on YouTube Live or on Facebook Live or on Sermon.net. We're all connected, and we, we all worship God wherever we are. That's what we've learned uh, to do. I want to tell you uh, of a couple of announcements while we're doing this. Um, yesterday, I got to do something that I only just dreamed of doing. I got to go to annual conference in my pajamas uh, while watching college game day in the background. Uh, it was amazing. We, we had to do annual conference virtually, and we, we, all, uh, we all made it through, and we all figured out the technology of it, and everything went fine. So we were able to do that. Um, tomorrow night, we're going to be meeting at 6 o'clock uh, virtually uh, on GoToMeeting. Our nominations committee will be meeting. So if you're on that committee, this is just a reminder to you. You'll be sent a link, and we're starting the process to get ready for our charge conference. Our charge conference will be October the 27th at 6 o'clock, and so we've got to get all of our nominations for our ministry teams and committees together. We're still doing our missions project for this fall, which is Stripland Elementary School, our school, our adopted school. Um, we are collecting hand sanitizer and, and hand soap, the refillable pump hand soaps and antiseptic wipes. If you, you could still bring that and bring it to the church and drop it off and we will make sure that it gets there. Uh, just a little reminder that they start back to school tomorrow. You, you remember that, don't you, Catherine? That, that little reminder is not, not lost on her. Pray for all the teachers, pray for all the students and the administrators and the school bus drivers and everybody as our kids start back to school tomorrow. Our children's ministry is in great hands with, uh, with Catherine Barnes, who's our interim children's director while we're deciding how we're gonna move forward. So thank you, Catherine, and thank you to all of our youth uh, parents who've been stepping in with our youth ministry while Pastor Andy is recovering. He's doing better, by the way. Still keep him in your prayers. He's not quite back up to full speed, but he's getting there. Um, I want to ask you now if you'll just pause for a moment, whatever you are doing, and just take a deep breath as we prepare our hearts to worship the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, you are so good, and your mercy endures forever. Thank you for always being there for us, always with arms wide open. As we worship you today, help us to lay aside the worries of yesterday and lay aside the fear for the future and just offer you our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. This morning as we worship together, I invite you to stand together as we sing hymn 103, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise.
Let us remain standing as we join together and unite in this historic confession of the Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father. may be seated and our children any of our children that want to go with Miss Catherine to uh, children's church you're welcome to go any of you grown-ups that want to go to children's church I guess that'd be all right too sometimes that sounds like a lot of fun all right um, we have a chance to support one another in prayer and we always love to do that if you have a prayer request and you'd like to send that in I want to invite you to email that to us or if you're here and you want to write a note and just drop it in the offering plate we will make sure that that we get uh, names on the prayer list that need to go on there we will make sure that we celebrate answers to prayers because we love to do that too if you want to email us you can do that at fumc at fumcgaston.org and we'll make sure that we get that and we'll make sure that we pray for you we don't just say that we, we, we really will pray for you we are connected not only just in our prayers, but we're also connected in our support uh, of our church through our time and our talents and our treasures. We can't do these ministries without your support, so thank you for continuing, even in unusual circumstances, to support your church. You can give online, you can give by text, you can, uh, can give through the mail, you can drop it in the offering plate or drop it by the office. We, We'll um, take your support any way that we can get it. We thank you, we love you, and we appreciate that so much. So will you join me as we pray for uh, our offering and as we pray for the needs that we have on our hearts. Lord, we come before you now and we give you thanks for what you've blessed us with, but we know with great blessings also comes great responsibility. So we want to be generous, Lord. We want to be giving. We want to have compassion in our hearts for the needs around us and share so that the ministries of this church can continue. And Lord, we also know as we bow before you how humbling it is to think of how much we need you. We need you every hour, every moment. We have people that we love, Lord, that are grieving right now. Lord, comfort them in their grief. We have people that are near and dear to us that are struggling with health issues right now. Lord, be the great physician for them. We have a great, great need for wisdom and for discernment as we work together in this church, as we work in our community and our nation and our world. Lord, if we ever needed you to pour out your grace upon us, it's now. If we ever needed you to heal our land, it's now. So God, hear the cries of our hearts and teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Make sure that you tell all of your friends, if they don't do anything else, to go back and uh, watch this service just so they can hear David sing that song. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Rhonda and David. Um, we're continuing today with the last in our series for the month of September called Pop Verses. And these are, are verses that are so popular that, that people put them on bumper stickers and things like that. And, Today, we are looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Before I read the pop verses for today, though, I want to do something that uh, I don't know if I've ever done before. I'm going to do a, year, a yearly recap. We're three-fourths of the way through the year, right? And the end of September. And let's just pause for a second and think about 2020. What has this year been like? If it, I know that you're, if you're here, you don't have a crash helmet to put on, but if you're home, you might have one. You might want to put a crash helmet on or buckle your seatbelt because it might be a bumpy ride as we reflect on the year 2020. It started out with uh, the Australian wildfires. Uh, it, it's like that's been so long ago and so many things have happened we forgot about that but just I want to say 47 million acres of Australian outback were burned do y'all remember seeing that I, I, some things I mean I've seen wildfires on on TV before I know it's awful but there's something about uh, an image I'll never get out of my mind is firefighters carrying little scorched koala bears to safety out of and little baby kangaroos. Uh, I mean, once you've seen little scorched koala bears and baby kangaroos, I don't think you'll ever get that out of your head. And so I thought, that's an awful way to start the year off. Little did I know, right? Little did any of us know. On January 20th was the first case of coronavirus in the United States. We'd been hearing about it in China. We'd been hearing about it in other countries, but it was the first one here out on the West Coast. And I thought, how awful, but oh my goodness, we didn't have any idea that nine months later we'd be looking at two, over 200,000 people in our country that have died from this virus and nearly a million worldwide. Businesses uh, shut down. Uh, just panic and all of the different things. Um, oh, here's something. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan, uh, Meghan Markle quit the royal family early in the year. Do you all remember that? I mean, quit it just like they were quitting a job at Taco Bell. I just, uh, I didn't lose very much sleep over that, to tell you the truth. But it, it was a big deal, uh, apparently. Um, let's see, uh, the President of the United States was impeached in the middle of all of this and after about a month-long just fight it finally got itself sorted out I think and then the stock market crashed the stock market crashed the March the 9th was the biggest single drop ever recorded in the stock market because nobody knew what was going to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen. Middle of March, we had to go quarantine. We had to shut everything down. We had to start broadcasting our, our service. We didn't know how to do any of that. We've learned a lot, but we didn't know what was going on. We couldn't, we couldn't do any of the things that we were used to doing. It was crazy. We never stopped being the church. I will say that. We just had to stop meeting in person and we had to stop for much longer than we ever imagined. 
There was the death of George Floyd in 2020 at the hands of a police officer, and, and it, that was just almost like a tipping point, a flashpoint uh, of racial unrest, the likes of which we haven't seen since, I don't know, maybe the 70s or something like that. It's still going on. They still don't know what's going to happen. Still cries for, for justice. Still cries for reform. Murder hornets. Have you ever thought about you? Have you ever thought about putting those two words together? Murder hornets in 2020. By the time I heard about murder hornets, honestly, I thought, well, you know, I don't think anything could surprise me anymore in, in the year 2020. We, we started the year off with the wildfires in, in Australia, and now we have wildfires in California and Oregon and Washington State. They're still burning, I don't know how many millions of acres. I don't know how many people lost their homes, had to evacuate. The air quality index is just, is, is horrible. People can't even go outside to breathe the air. There've been so many named storms in 2020 that they ran out of names for them all and had to start back over calling them Storm Alpha and Storm Beta. You know it's bad when they run out of all the names to give storms and have to go to Alpha and Beta. I don't even know where we are now. It's still, we still got three months to go, y'all. And then Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away and then before, while our heads are still trying to adjust to that, someone else has been nominated. And honest to goodness, the way things are in our country right now, we're just like bracing ourselves for the fight because that's the way it goes in our country right now. Just rancorous, contentious, divisive. And there's 37 days, I don't know if you're counting, 37 days to the presidential election. 37 days until we expect probably longer lines than any of us have ever seen at polling places. People trying to social distance themselves and wear masks because they're worried about the pandemic. People mailing ballots in at a record, record level not sure how all of that's going to be figured up. And for the first time since I can ever remember, we are not going to know on election night what the outcome of this election is. It's going to take a while. We might as well brace ourselves for it. And again, for the divisiveness and the fight. I don't think the full impact of 2020 is going to be known until much later. I think emotional impact, financial impact, loss of life, loss of job, loss of hope, loss of dreams, businesses closed down, all of the milestone events in people's lives, all of the, uh, the weddings and the graduations and the, even the funerals that didn't get to take place because of the pandemic, all of that toll on our lives I don't think we're going to know about it until later and we look back on it. Right now, we don't have time to think about it because we're still going through it. That's 2020. Well, is that enough of a reality check for you? Look, I didn't want to just like lay all of that on you today, but I want you to see all of that and I want you to hold it in tension with what I'm about to read to you from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And hold both of those two together. All right, hear these words from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. How in the world, how in the world can we take these two things and put them side by side and want them to fit together? What in the world was Paul thinking about? What in the world did, I mean... Did he lose his mind along the way? 
Was he, I don't know, was he living in an ivory tower? Was he wearing rose-colored glasses? Was he just pulling our legs? Do not be anxious about anything. Are you kidding me, Paul? Had Paul just not ever been through something as bad as what we're going through today in 2020? Well, the fact is, none of that is the case. Uh, Paul was not living in an ivory tower. He was in prison when he wrote this. He wasn't wearing rose-colored glasses. He was wearing shackles around his ankles. And to say that he had never been through what we've gone through today could not be farther from the truth. 2020 is a walk in the park compared to what Paul lived through. As a matter of fact, you or I have never met anyone who had suffered as much as the Apostle Paul had suffered in his lifetime. Paul was dealing with a debilitating, painful, physical ailment. We don't know exactly what it was. Some people have speculated, but I won't do that. A debilitating, painful, physical ailment he called his thorn in the flesh. And we know that it was painful, and we know that he had it his whole life long, and we know that Paul, this great man of faith, this great man of prayer, prayed to God, God, heal me of this thorn in the flesh. Take this thorn of the flesh away from me. And God said, remember? No, but my grace is sufficient for you. In addition to that, Paul, he wrote this while he was in prison, but he was in prison a lot. He was often thrown in prison, often in prison. On top of that, he was beaten. And when I say beaten, I don't mean he was punched in the nose. I mean he was beaten with whips, tied to a whipping post, beaten with whips, beaten with rods. He was, he was always, always constantly under the threat of death. People wanted to kill him. He was, he was constantly uh, doing without food and water and clothing and shelter, the basic needs of life. One time, one time they tried to stone him to death. They, they tried to stone him to death and they thought they had killed him and they left him underneath a pile of rocks, left him for dead. And his friends came along and pulled him out from under the pile of rocks and he survived. Three times he was shipwrecked. Three times. Once he spent a day and a night in the ocean clinging to the wreckage of the ship. Wondering if he was going to be rescued. Wondering, I would have been wondering, if the shark was going to come and get me. When he was on one of his missionary journeys, when he was on the Isle of Malta, he was bitten by a poisonous snake. At this point, I would be saying, God, are you kidding me? I mean, what else? What else? So, was he just pulling our leg? Was he joking when he said, don't be anxious? You know what? Not only was he serious, but these pop verses, these Philippians 4, 6, and 7, these verses are so powerful and so deep and so rich we can't even begin to scratch the surface of them, much less reduce it down and put it on a bumper sticker. We just can't do it. So, like we've done with our other pop verses, we're going to see what this says, what it really says. We're going to see what it doesn't say. And then hopefully we're going to have something at the end of this that we can just hold on to and cling to and take with us into the rest of 2020 and into 2021, okay? All right, so let's see what these verses say, what they really, really say. And to do that, we're going to take them in smaller bites because this is like one of those dishes that you eat is so rich, you can't just gobble it. You have, to, you have to take a bite at a time. And we're going to take three bites. The first bite sounds like this. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious. The word anxious is is such an interesting word in the original language. It means to be pulled apart. It means to, it means to be scattered. It means to, to fall to pieces. It means to come apart at the seams. Don't be anxious. Don't be, don't be scattered, pulled apart, 
Don't fall to pieces. About anything, Paul says. Anything, and by that he means anything or anyone. Not one thing, not one person. Don't be anxious. Don't let it make you fall apart. So if I was going to loosely paraphrase this in Pastor Sam's translation, I would say, hey, y'all, don't go to pieces over anything or anyone. Not one thing or not one person. That's bite one. So if I'm not going to do that, what's the alternative? And this is bite number two. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He's talking about prayer here, by prayer. And there are different words in the scripture for prayer. And all of them have just a little bit of different shade of meaning. What is it that Paul is saying here? I think this is so cool, y'all. Prayer in this verse means an exchange of wishes. Have you ever thought about prayer as an exchange of wishes? God hears my wishes and God says, okay, here's my wishes. That's what he means and he says, Along with that, your petitions and your requests, what are your heartfelt needs? You could take them to God. With thanksgiving means every time we come into God's presence with prayer, it needs to be overshadowed by thanksgiving for God's grace. Because everything we have, we, we live and move and have our being in Him and His grace. So if I was going to pull this together in a... Loose paraphrase, I would say, instead of going to pieces, exchange wishes with God. Always tell God your heartfelt needs and listen to what God's will is for you. Remembering always to be thankful for God's grace. Go ahead, really. Tell God what you need. Bring every single piece of your life toward God in prayer. Nothing is too big for you to bring to God. Nothing is too small for you to bring to God. But be prepared to listen as well. Be prepared to listen. So if I choose door number two over door number one, you know, if I choose to move toward God and bring all of my needs to God, and bring my wishes to God and hear God's wishes for me, then what will it mean in my life and that's bite number three and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus let's dig deep into this okay let's understand this the peace of God when I was growing up in the 60s and the 70s we used to say peace I thought I was so cool I thought I was a hippie I was so far from being a hippie y'all I mean I was just a farm boy but I was peace man I'd make tie-dye t-shirts, all of that. So this is not peace like peace, man. This is not uh, shalom, which was a greeting that they used, which was you'd say shalom as a greeting. You'd say shalom as a a benediction. It was kind of like aloha, hello, goodbye, peace. It's not that even. What Paul says here in in verse 7 is the Greek word irene, and it means this. It means to join together into a whole. It means to bring all of the essential parts together into wholeness. And y'all, this is what's so cool. I want you to see this. I want you to hear it. I want you to feel it. When we say anxious, we're talking about going to pieces, being scattered. And we talk about God's peace, we're talking about being brought together, being joined together into a whole. You see, the peace of God, Paul says, will guard you. It will guard you. Some translations say keep, but guard is really more appropriate here because this is a word that they would use to talk about a military sentinel. Picture a military guard standing post. Okay, the peace of God is like a military guard standing post over your heart and your mind. Over your heart and your mind. So if I was putting this together, I would just say, God's peace will tie 
together every piece of your life that has fallen apart and do so in a way that is beyond your imagination, beyond your understanding. Like a military guard, God's peace is going to watch over your inner self, that real you, your heart and your mind. Your real self will be in the custody of God's peace through Christ Jesus. Do you see how powerful that is? Do you see how deep and rich that is, how you couldn't just reduce that to a button? So, the next thing, what does this passage not mean? And I apologize to, I had great English teachers, y'all. You may not believe that, but I had great English teachers growing up. And so I'm going to say this in a way that I know, and I don't know about the grammar about this, but what does this passage not mean? Okay. What does it not mean? And when I say what it doesn't mean, I'm not just telling you from a biblical interpretation standpoint. I'm telling you from personal experience. I know from personal experience that this is what it doesn't mean because I tried it and it didn't work. This passage does not mean, hey, everybody, let's pretend that everything's okay. It doesn't mean that because I've tried it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's kind of my knee-jerk reaction. Uh, my, my sweet wife, Tammy, will say, Honey, what's wrong? And I'll say, Nothing. And after 28 years, she knows if it really is nothing or if I'm just saying it's nothing. And you'll say, Pastor Sam, how are you doing? How are you doing, man? How's everything going? And I'll say, Pretty good. Not bad. Can't complain. Well, maybe that's true, but maybe I'm not okay because I'm not okay all the time. I'm really not. And so I, it's, we just as well not pretend everything's okay. That wasn't what Paul meant. That's not how he lived. That's not how he ministered. That's not how he said in his letters. When, when he went to Ephesus, for instance, and he spent three years in Ephesus establishing the church there, he gave his life in blood and sweat and tears there. In Acts chapter 20, he says, While I was with you, you know how I was when I was with you? How I served the Lord with great humility and with tears? He didn't just pretend everything was okay. Jesus didn't just pretend everything was okay. Do you remember how he poured his heart out in the Garden of Gethsemane? He sweat drops of blood. Do you remember how in John chapter 11 when he went to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus when Lazarus had died and Mary was at his feet crying? It says in John 11:35 that Jesus also wept. It says that he was deeply troubled in his spirit and it says he wept. He wasn't just pretending that everything was okay. And so what John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept, what that tells us that it is okay for you to not always be okay. It's okay. You don't have to pretend everything's always okay. These verses do not mean, and I know this, and you know this, these verses do not mean, hey, y'all, just don't even worry about it because nothing bad's ever going to happen to you because you're following Jesus. You know it doesn't mean that. You know by common sense and you know by life experience that the bad stuff is out there, the fires and the hurricanes and the viruses and loss and death, and it happens to people who are just rotten scoundrels and it happens to people who are wonderful people following Jesus with all of their hearts. Jesus was clear on that. He wasn't vague. He didn't make false promises. He said, if you follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross. He says, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, right? Didn't he? He never promised anybody a rose garden. So it doesn't mean that. Do not be anxious about anything does not mean that we are to go on a guilt trip every time we experience anxiety. 
what I mean by that is, I mean, when I was in junior high, y'all, junior high, I think, has to be one of those anxious times in anybody's life. And sometimes we feel like we never get out of junior high. We're always in middle school for the rest of our lives. We just get older and grayer, okay? But I remember in junior high going to church with a friend and the preacher preached on Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And the preacher said something like this. The Bible commands us not to be anxious for anything, so therefore worry is a sin. And I thought, well, shoot. Now I've got something else to worry about. I'm going to worry about being worried. I'm going to be anxious about what I'm anxious about. Have you ever felt that way? I know I'm not supposed to be afraid because the Bible says fear not, but here I am and I'm afraid. So it's helpful if we don't think about these verses as a command anymore. But we think about them instead as an invitation. And here's what I mean by that. Let's say somebody that really, really loves you comes into the room and they open their arms up and they say, come here and let me give you a hug. Did they give you a command or did they give you an invitation? Well, I don't know about you, but it sounds like an invitation to me. I wouldn't think about that as a command. I wouldn't think that I had sinned if I had not let them give me a hug. What if we thought of be anxious for nothing as an invitation? As an invitation to come under the shadow of God's wings and let God love us no matter what. So this is really what we're going to take away from this, I think. From these, these beautiful pop verses. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is what we're going to take away for 2020 and for 2021. Not to just pretend everything's okay. Not to, not to just ignore, stick our head in the sand and ignore the bad stuff that's out there. Because it's out there. Not to just put on a brave face and be stoic. Because the opposite of fear and anxiety is not courage. The opposite of being anxious is just to let ourselves be loved by God. To stay close under the shadow of God's wings, no matter what. That's the opposite of anxious. When this uh, pandemic stuff first hit and we, we started seeing that we were going to have to live our lives completely differently and, and it's just started we were kind of got over the shock long enough to just oh we got to run and move our kids out of the dorm and move them back in oh we can't go we can't go in here oh we're going to wear a mask oh we're going to do this we're going to do that it was a really anxious time and it wasn't just anxious for you it was anxious for everybody it's anxious for me it's anxious for pastor andy it's anxious for all of us and I remember in my own just, just trying to pray and trying to, to work my way through this, I was, was reaching out to something. I was doing more, more praying and more studying, more spiritual practices, and I was just needing something to hold on to. I watched a, a sermon by, a little short sermon by a very, very unconventional preacher named Nadia Boltzweber. And I say unconventional, I mean, she's just unconventional in just most every way. She's just covered in tattoos. She looks different. She sounds different. She is, she's completely blunt in the way that most of us Southern preachers are not, um, which in this case, it was really refreshing to hear what she had to say. She was preaching from Luke chapter 13, and she was reading the scripture and telling the story about how the Pharisees came up to Jesus. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, right? And the Pharisees come up to Jesus and they say, you better get out of town because Herod wants to kill you. I don't know about you, but if somebody said, get out of town because Herod wants to kill you, 
I would probably be pretty anxious. But Jesus said this to the Pharisees. He says, you go tell that fox that I'm going to be in the temple today casting out demons and healing people for the next two days. And then on the third day, I'm going to reach my goal. It was like he said, I'm sorry, Herod. I know you'd like to kill me, but I'm super busy right now. It was the very opposite of being anxious. And then he looked over Jerusalem and he said this, and these two are connected. He looked and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those that God sent to you. How often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. All right, stay with me here because this is connected. Remember how I said that anxious meant to be pulled apart, to be scattered, to go to pieces? And how that peace means to, to join back together into whole, to bring all the essential parts back together into wholeness? Well, here's how this works. Herod, the fox, wanted to scatter the chicks everywhere out of fear and anxiety and and Jesus, the mother hen, wanted to gather all the chicks together underneath the shadow of her wings. If nothing else, 2020 has given us a stark reminder that the fox is real. That danger is out there. That threat is out there. And, and let's be honest, I don't know if you've ever been around a, a farm or barnyard very much. But you know and I know that in a real barnyard, if the fox comes after the chicks, it doesn't matter if they're under the mother hen's wings. Some of the chicks are probably going to get eaten. We've seen bad things happen to some mighty good people in 2020. But remember, the message of this isn't that bad things are never going to happen. The message isn't just pretend everything's okay. The message is there is a place of peace that you can be. And it's not scattered. It's not being stoic and independent and brave. It's to accept the invitation to be gathered under the wings of God and loved. To just accept that invitation. Be not dismayed, whate'er be tied. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. And he will. And I'm not pulling your leg. Let's pray. God, thank you for your great and precious promises, some of which we know so well that we take it for granted, some of which are so familiar to us that we become lazy and we forget how deep and how powerful and how rich they are. Thank you, Lord, for pulling us back together when we go to pieces. Thank you, Lord, for that great invitation to come under the shadow of your wings. Help us to say yes to your invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. And now if you're here, if you're at home, you can join with us as we sing this great old hymn, number 130. Be not dismayed, whate'er be tied. God will take care of you. Will you stand?
Before we receive the benediction today, I want to just remind those of you who are worshiping in person that the ushers will direct you uh, as we leave. We'll, we'll leave a row at a time, sort of like at the end of a wedding. So just wait for the ushers to direct you as you're leaving. And for everybody, let's receive this benediction today. Go in peace and don't go to pieces. Amen.